0: Good morning church. This morning we're going to be reading from Psalm 85. This is to the choir master, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned away from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to, to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him And make his footsteps away. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this awesome opportunity to worship. To worship you, Lord. I pray that we would consistently rely on you as our provider, Lord. I pray that we would rely on you for things that are eternal, Lord. I thank you for blessing us with things on this earth. But Lord, ultimately for giving this opportunity to have salvation with you, Lord, that's more important. Father, I pray that you would be our priority this week, Father. I pray that we would seek you first. Father, I pray that you would continue to, to speak to us the rest of this Sunday. Uh, and Lord, I pray that you would speak through Chris, and we'd be attentive to hear uh, anything you have for us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Yeah, y'all can get up for the worship team. That was amazing. Thank you, guys. Man, our church is so blessed. I think there's been four different worship leaders and, you know, pastors all over the place um, bringing the word. And so I just want to thank Neth and um, Ben for just bringing the word these last couple of weeks. And I'm so excited to speak and sing in English. It's so awesome. I don't understand Swahili. I wish I did. It's a beautiful language. It's amazing when they sing. They have a lot more rhythm than you guys, too. Right? I'm going to say, you're going to see some worship from them in a second, but man, we got to get our like, game on. Those kids, they sing loud, they're so passionate about the Lord. I hope I can bring some of that home with us, just the passion they have uh, for Lord Jesus. But we've been in Africa, we got back Tuesday night um, pretty late, but it was an amazing trip. And I just want to say a special thank you to the media team, right, to Dustin and, and Debbie and, and Stephen and all the people that work here. Because we had a chance in Africa to watch you guys live. Right, 6 p.m. there in Africa, we had a chance to watch you guys. I'll confess. I watched you one time from a pool, all right? I'm just going to confess, all right? Be honest with you, all right? Another time, we watched you guys. We were in a restaurant, and outside, a few floors down, were some zebra and an ostrich. You know, different than here, slightly different. Um, But, man, it was amazing. I remember sitting at the dinner table, and we were listening on one end, and Avery and Brenner on the other end, and, and Ben starts bringing out the, like, sacred versus secular, and we're like, ooh, look down, they're like, fire. We were were pumped. We were were just excited to be able to connect back with you guys at home. So, man, what what an amazing thing that technology is, even though we've got to be careful. But it was great for us to be able to connect. But, um, man, thank you so much for sending us, for letting us have a chance to go and to, to bless. You realize that Jesus is worshiped all around the world, everywhere, right? That the Lord of all creation is really the Lord of all creation and that there's a passion for the Lord all over. And so it was an amazing opportunity we had just to go out and to share the love of Christ both at Manna Bible Church, which is really kind of like a sister church to us. They do path groups. Um, Josh and, and John Partain and John the Leftwich went and trained them in some things and, and they use those things even today. It's just a, it feels like they're just um, brother and sister with us in the way that we do the Lord and then had a chance to go to PWA to, to share Christ with these kids that come from so many different backgrounds, but have a chance to come and get an education and and learn about the real God. But I know that a picture does more than just words. So I want to show you a little video with a few testimonies in there to kind of give you an idea of what we've been doing for the last two weeks, really what you have been doing with us over the last couple of weeks. So watch this video real quick.
0: No one like you. Papa. Hi everyone, we're here in um, Nairobi, Kenya, getting ready to head back home from our two week journey out here in Mombasa and Naivasha. And I just wanted to share a quick highlight of my trip um, out here with Fellowship Church and Kulea Villages. I think my favorite part was though Swahili and English, they really speak Swahili more. Um, our big um, hold on. What connected us the most was the Word of God, and it's a universal language, and everyone knows it, no matter if it's in Swahili or in English, and that's just a great way for us to connect with the team, and that was one of my favorite things. Hey. Hallelujah,
2: I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to come to Africa, to experience everything here. The people, the food, the landscape, um, highlights were just the interaction with the people, the precious people of God who worship in a, uh, just a, an abounding way and um, just get so close to them even in a very short period of time. to just say one highlight about the trip. Um, it's such a joy for me to get to come. This is our second time to come, so um, it's really neat to see the people that we already have met before and have relationships with. I absolutely love going to Mana Bible Church and just seeing the awesome teachers work with Hilltop School and just getting to talk with Thomas and Duncan and just the joy they have. It's just amazing, and also since I work with Kulea Villages, it's Really special to get to see the people that I communicate with all the time. And when we went to PWA, we sponsor lots of children there as well as at uh, Mana Bible Church. So getting to talk with them was neat. I think the camp was especially neat because we spent four days, not full days, but the two full days of camp and then that morning and the evening. And it was just so get, neat getting to know the boys and, um, just their personalities and their hearts for the Lord and just um, their desire to know more about Him and just also get to love on them. And I just think the most special thing was just that we have this relationship with them and we're eager to come back.
1: I will follow you. I will follow you. I will follow you. I will follow follow you hi guys we're about to head out of kenya but one of my highlights from the trip this week
0: what or two weeks was that just seeing the desire to know god in from Mano bible church and the boys at pwa just their desire to know more and just see the growth and willingness to go out and share the
1: gospel with others. And I can't wait to tell you more about it. We are here in Kenya. We had a great time with the team, with a lot of blessings. Uh, it has been a great time to have them here for almost 10 days was a great trip and we hope the seed that we have planted through you thank you for praying for the team for their safety yeah
3: it was great hi I'm Deborah it's been such an amazing um, ten days to be with the fellowship team it's sort of like fellowship came to us and um, sorry. Very good. Yes. okay hi I'm Deborah and I'm in Kenya with Fellowship Church team, and they're about to leave, which is a little bit sad for me, but it's been such a wonderful 10 days to see the minister here, both in Likoni and in Naivasha with the people that we work with. And what I always love to see is just this huge um, desire for knowledge, more knowledge about God, and the appreciation of everyone, whether it was children, youth, or adults. They were super appreciative that they came, that this team took their... They sacrificed their time you guys sacrificed money and they came all the way to africa despite dangers or things they could diseases or whatever and they really really appreciate it and i really believe the team made a difference in the lives of everyone that they touched and people are changed so yeah that was my highlight
1: Follow you, I will follow you, I will follow you. So uh, it means so much to them for us to come visit, especially for. Deborah and Paul, just to feel like their church family back at home. I mean, they're on on mission in Tanzania, as they would say it there, Tanzania, as we would say it in Texas. Um, But they're just on mission and away from their church family. And so we just want to continue to pray for Deborah and Paul and just the amazing work they do with Kalea Villages, sponsoring kids to have a future uh, through education or Maisha Matters, helping these babies be rescued where their moms die at childbirth. It's amazing things that they're doing there. And we're just so excited as a church to be a part of that. So if you'll just join me in praying just for the seeds that were planted. Lord, I thank you so much for this last couple of weeks where we had a chance to plant seeds in the hearts of these young men, young women, and and this church family. And we just pray that you will continue to help them to grow and help them to be um, fully devoted followers of you, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. I'm um, a special prayer request towards the end of the video. You might have seen Pastor Silas um, and our driver, whose name was Paul, who was a Christian um, as well. And we really charged them with the discipleship afterwards as we planted seeds. Someone's got to come along and water them and begin to help them grow. And and so just pray for Paul and Silas as they pour into the kids at PWA. Pray for Pastor Dalmas. Pray for Duncan, who was a Kalea-sponsored kid who grew up, went to university, got his social work degree, and now is working with Kalea to help kids that are in the same situation he was to to come through. So it's incredible things that are happening in there. I could tell you tons of stories. If you want more stories, ask some from our team, but we got to get into the word. So um, Psalm chapter 85. Let's talk about it a little bit and dive into what God has for us. Um, today. Um, So this psalm is written by the sons of Korah. It says to the choir master, a psalm of the sons of Korah. So it's always interesting to think about the author, like who's writing this song. Now the sons of Korah, when you begin to look back, Korah was actually the first cousin of Moses. If you go back to those fun genealogies, which we just love reading uh, so much, like when you want to go to sleep at night, you just start who begat who. You start thinking about those things. Um, But if you go back to Exodus chapter 6, you see from the tribe of Levi, which is a priestly group, these different sons, Gershon and and, um, Kohath, who's the one who ended up, you know, they were in charge of carrying the things from the temple. And and as you begin to go through Kohath and and Amron, you begin seeing these different characters. You find out that Moses and Aaron and uncle Ishath was Korah's Dad, so you start seeing this family relationship to where they were cousins. But if you really know the name of Korah, you might remember that in number 16, there was a rebellion. That Moses was the leader of the people of God, but yet Korah rose up and rebelled. Why do you have all the power? And they stuck down their staffs, and Aaron's staff butted. And so they chose Moses, and then the ground opened up and swallowed the Korah. Whoo! Yikes. Ground opening up. Gone, right? You might think, wait. So if the ground opened up and swallowed Korah and his family, how are there still the sons of Korah? When you go forward to Numbers 26, it says the sons of Korah were spared. And they were spared for this particular pur- purpose, which was to bring praises to the Lord in the tabernacle. In fact, you met a Korite a few weeks ago when we talked about He-Man Heman, right? Heman was a Korite, and Asaph was the one underneath of him, whose psalm we've done before through the summer. And so we see that the Korites had a purpose. And this is what I love about God's word, right? They had a past that was a little sketchy. They had a past that didn't have to define them. Isn't this good news? In fact, we sang about it. He rewrites our history. That the things that have happened to you, the things that your family has done, they don't have to define you now. Because when you hear the name Korah, you think rebellion. And yet God used that very name for the sons of Korah to bring praise to him. So every time I see the sons of Korah, I think about how God can rewrite people's history for his purposes and for his kingdom's sake. So these are the authors of this particular psalm. We don't know if they're talking about the people of, of the Israelites when they're wandering through the desert or whether they're talking about Nehemiah. But we see a little bit of hints that it probably was the Israelites. We'll show you where in a second. But verse one says, The Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. And so we have kind of one word that's going to be kind of over everything today. And this is the word restoration. In fact, if, when I was a teacher in school, we started every day with the word of the day. So here's your word of the day restoration okay what is restoration right it's taking something and bringing it back to its an original condition it's something that god is doing with our world creation the garden beautiful broken in the fall yet god is going to renew and bring all that back a new heavens and a new earth so he's about this restoration process, right? And so we're going to see this restoration throughout this entire psalm, and hopefully for us in our own heart, he's going to bring to life some things that were, that were maybe dead and maybe broken. He's going to bring them back to life. But before we do, teachers, school starts this week, right? And so I just want to say a quick prayer for our teachers. If you're a teacher, homeschool teacher, public school teacher, private school teacher, would you please stand? we want to give you some, uh, some love today. Don't be shy. It's okay. Stand up there. Um, man, we want to pray for our teachers. Yes. Yes. So will you join me in praying for them as they have a chance to shape the next generation for the beauty of the gospel and in education, so let's pray for them. Lord, I thank you for the teachers that are standing in this room, Lord. I thank you for the parents in this room, Lord. Help us to pour into our children a love and a joy and a respect for Jesus Christ, Lord. That in every way you will bless these teachers, that you'll bring students into their classroom that want to learn, that want to have a relationship. Lord, that want to behave, Um, Lord, I pray that you'll give them just your um, patience and just your love for these students and and give them an incredible year, help them to really feel the love and the power of the Lord through this year. We pray this in your name. Amen. So teachers, we love you. I know what you're fixing to embark on because I did it for 17 years. So. Good luck. Okay. Because um, it's scary out there. I keep thinking about what it would have been like for me to be a school teacher today because I was unashamedly about Jesus Christ. Like, in fact, you see a court case not too long about a coach kneeling on the field and getting fired for him. Like, oh, my goodness, I did that every week for years and years. And what would it be like? But, man, be bold. In fact, when you look at that case, it got overturned in the Supreme Court. He got his job back. We want to bring about a restoration in our country to talk about Jesus, to be about what God has for us as well. So be bold. I'm praying some boldness over you guys um, this year as you talk about Christ. Because in order to bring restoration, there's two types of restoration that we see in these first two verses. The first verse is talking about the favorable Way that God has blessed the land. There is a physical restoration that takes place. God is bringing them back from slavery into the promised land. He's bringing them back from exile, back into the land that was given to their fathers and given to Abraham when he was called out to come to this land. God is restoring them to this place. But the next verse is very interesting. You forgive the iniquities of your people and you covered all of their sin. Selah. Right? So we pause, and we think there's also a spiritual restoration that needs to take place where we see God's favor on our hearts and our mind and our soul that all of them get aligned to be with the God and be on the same page with him. And they use two words. The Hebrew uses three different words for sin. We see two of them here. Now, the first one is sin, right? We all know what sin is. Sin is missing the mark, right? Archery term. You shoot at the bullseye, you totally miss it. I think of uh, Josh Schultz, right? One of our youth leaders, and he was out back practicing with his bow, and he, and he missed. It took a rickshaw, and it went into the AC unit. That's a sin in Texas in the summer, Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, now, an arrow in the AC unit is broken, right? That, that He missed the mark, right? And when you miss the mark, we need the mercy of God. We need mercy because we deserve punishment, but praise be to God who gives us mercy. Josh needed some mercy from his parents, right, when he shot their AC unit, okay? Um, and so that idea of mercy is something that you can have good intentions. You could be aiming at the right mark, but miss, that's still sin. But it's different than transgression. This word transgression is the idea there's a line and you purposely cross over it. You know I should not do this and I still step in. And that's different, isn't it? Like sometimes you just miss the mark, but sometimes you choose to step into sin. You know what we need in that case? We need to repent. When we choose to step over the line, we need to turn turn come back to God and step back to Him. We need to choose repentance when we have transgression. But there's something deeper than that. And it's this word, iniquity. It's this idea that we pre-plan and we're purposeful about our sin. We actually make a plan to get close to that line and cross. So let me give you an example just from um, our trip to Africa. One of the things that we do in Africa is we get a chance to play football or soccer, right, at that point. So when you play soccer in Africa, it's a different experience, right? Their idea of a field is like someone plowed it at one point kind of field, right? So you're running, and so I played goalie, okay? Because for one, I'm slow. Uh, number two, I'm big. So I cover like most of the goal at that point. Number three, I, you know, in America, we use our hands for everything. In, in, in Africa, if you give them a ball, they're like, oh, sweet, drop it, and they just start kicking it. It doesn't matter what kind of ball it is, right? And so I'm playing goalie. So when I, when I jump out, the corner kick comes, and I jump, and I punch the ball out, and I hit someone in the head, right? That's a sin. That's a foul. I, I didn't mean to, but I literally punched this kid right in the head. Boom, right? You know, and I'm supposed to be the preacher guy, right? So I help him up. Please forgive me, right? But then if I were to kind of get in a scuffle, right, I'm like, hey, boop, and I pop him one, right? That's transgression. Like I know I shouldn't just pop off right in the head, but I still do. That's sin. It. But it's different. If I like sneak up, right, I find a way to kind of get behind him and I just sucker punch him, that's different. That's deeper. There's something internally wrong with me. I didn't just get caught up in the moment. Like I had tons of opportunities, and I still chose to do it. There's something deeper that goes on. We need forgiveness. We need restoration, right? If I were to go up to Anthony and sucker punch him, right, I've got to ask for forgiveness. I've got to hopefully get forgiveness, and then I've got to build back trust. Every time I walk up behind him, he's going to be jumping around like, what's going on? What, well, hey, hey, Chris, what you doing, right? So it takes a building and a restoration that has to happen to make ourselves right with God. We don't want to live in iniquity. We don't want to plan to sin. We don't want to have our mind just revolving about how can I sin when I get home today? We want to choose. Sometimes we miss the mark. We all sin, fall short of the glory of God. But let's not choose transgression. Let's not choose iniquity. Let's choose to honor God with our life, right? And so you see that word selah, which if, if you heard Eric Dean, he's like, hmm, right? This sort of pause in life. And, and really the whole sermon is wrapped up in these first two verses. The rest of the song is all about reflecting on what God has done for us, that he is about restoring us both physically and spiritually when we come to know him, that we're buried with Christ in baptism and raise and walk a new life. So this rest of this is going to be sort of a reflection on what God has done in the rest of it. So let's look at verse 3. You withdraw all your wrath, and you turn from your hot anger. So this is a definition of mercy, that when you deserve punishment and someone does not give it to you, this is mercy, right? You deserve it. They have the power to do it, but they give forgiveness and they give compassion. And you're going to see in the next Year as we go through the book of Matthew, which I'm super pumped about, I'm trying not to preach the book of Matthew today because it's so um, it's on my brain. Um, but you're going to see Jesus who is compassionate, and, and every three years we're going to do a gospel because if we're following Jesus, we have to know where He's going, we have to know what He talks about, how He acts, how He does things. How we're going to do that? Do that unless we study Him and so if we look at His life and see how He reacted in all these situations. So, have you ever thought? Well. Lord, thank you for showing us mercy. Like, what is your response to the mercy that God has given you? What is your response to grace? Is it thankfulness? Is it prayer? Is it worship? How do we worship the Lord? Because of what he has done for us. His blood speaks a better word. For we're going to remember when we get into the Lord's Supper later, it's like, thank you, Lord. I want to get closer to him Because of these things, because he has shown his mercy, he's pulled back his wrath from us. and So we're going to see here in these next few verses kind of some components of what I would call restorative prayer. So what are some things that we need to do when we pray to restore our relationship with God? Here's a few few keys to it in verse 4. It says, Restore us again, O God, of our salvation, and put away your indignation towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? So here's a question. How often do you reflect on the Lord? Like how often do you spend time quiet before him? Or is most of your prayer life talking? You talking to him, not listening to him talk to you, right? How, how much time? I, mean, I don't know about you, but we don't spend much time reflecting you know, one of the things that happened to us on our trip was we, have a, we had a delay on the way home. We had to fly around Niger because there's a military coup there. And we were in the air when all that happened. So we had to fly around emergency land in Morocco, get some gas, go to Paris before that. And then I stood in Paris in line for six hours because we had to get a flight home, right? T- time to reflect in a six-hour line. Everybody around me was so nice. I mean, it wasn't the... Their fault. I'm glad we didn't get shot down over Niger, right? That would have been exciting. I guess I would have seen Jesus, but um, it, just a cr- crazy adventure, right? So you can either, man, get a chance to reflect what does the Lord mean to you? And ask yourself this question Lord, why would you be angry with me? Have you asked yourself that question? Have you ever stopped to think, like, man, Lord, what are some areas of my life that I have sinned against you? I've stepped in. Because if we're honest, we struggle with number two on this list recognition. Don't we struggle with recognizing our own sin? Don't get me wrong. We can recognize it in other people. We can see other people's sin, but we tend to have blind spots, don't we? We have areas in our life where it's hard for us to see our own sin. And if we're really honest, people in the world are too scared to tell us about our sin. We don't recognize it. People are scared to tell us that that's sin, and what it creates is a place where we constantly wreck into our blind spots. We're constantly hitting things and going, I don't even understand what I hit. Well, have you checked your blind spot? Have you you checked to see it? Does anybody in your life have the ability to speak truth into you and you to be able to take it? Like even last night I had someone in my life go, hey, someone that I trust told me this. Do you agree with this? They, they told me this is something with my character. Um, do you agree with that? And I was like, oh, I don't see that. I see this, but I don't see that. You know, I mean, I was very, very thankful to speak in his life. Um, do, we, do you have someone in your life who can say, hey, man, I, I don't think you should be doing that. Or are you too scary? Like you're going to fly off the handle. You're going to get defensive. You're going to make excuses. Or are you able to go, Chris, I see this in your life. You, you, you tend to give the side eye to people like, I don't even know what that is. What is that? Oh, you tend to give this look. Oh, okay. Hmm, Lord, do, do I do that? Or do you like, no, I don't. And you give the exact look they're talking about, right? Do we tend to defend ourselves? Or are we willing to be open and vulnerable and let other people speak into our life? This is why we need to be in path group. This is why you need to be in Christian community. Allow other people to speak into the areas of your life where you can't see. You can't see that you're sinning. You can't see that this is causing distress to the Lord because you're not being the man or the woman of God that he's called you to be. Oh, Lord, why are you angry with me? Help me see. Help me see. Help me see, Ryan, what's going on in my life? Do you see something in my life that that the Lord needs to fix? And then we repent. Then we ask for mercy. Then we seek reconciliation with our God and then it says this if we're willing to do that if we're willing to reflect if we're willing to recognize our sin then it says in verse 6 will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you that you now have created a place for revival don't we want revival I want you to think about this be careful before you answer this question okay do you want revival in your life do you want the Lord to be that consuming fire and just give you a passion for him? See, it's dangerous, isn't it? It's dangerous to let the Lord bring about revival because he might burn up some desires that you don't really want him to be a part of. Lord, bring revival. I'll give you an example of how the Lord has brought some revival in, in my life through the trip in Africa. And one of the things that we did in Africa in, in Lycone, which is a slum area just south of Mombasa, is we had a chance to do door-to-door evangelism. Now, that is not really my gifting. Chad, Chad could talk to that plant and then we get baptized later. Okay, Chad just has, has a gift, right, to be able to do that. I don't have that gift, but it's obedience to go tell people about the gospel, isn't it? It's not, you don't have to be gifted to tell people about Jesus, right? And so, man, I, I'm going to do this, right? I'm, I'm, but I remember we were walking around and, and we had an advantage because we were different. Right, we were different there. Mzungum was what they called us, right? We were different. The people were drawn to see why are you people here in our in our area in order to do these things. So we had this opportunity to talk to people of Christ. But one of the things we did is we noticed. There were a lot of Muslim people in this neighborhood. There's a huge mosque like a block away from Manor Bible Church. And we were just passing out flyers, inviting people to church, talking about Jesus. And we just kind of kept avoiding the people that were in full burqa, kept kind of avoiding them. one of them just called out our group like, why are you avoiding us? Why are you not talking to us about Jesus? You think Jesus is real? Like, yeah. Why aren't you talking to us? Well, I kind of felt like you were entrenched in your, well, you should be talking to them. Okay, right? And so people start, and we started inviting Muslims to the church service, inviting them to come in and to visit. And, and one of them said yes. One of the ones that, that Avery and Brennan invited church, they, he said, yes, I'll come. Right? And he came and he visited church. And then afterwards, they have path group. Right? We met kind of like a, a group, the men, the women, and all the different age groups. And this man gave a testimony. He said, this is the first time I've been in church and felt peace. The first time. And, and I don't know what it is, but I want to know more about this Jesus. I want to know more about what, what he did and what, what he says. And we're like, let me tell you, right? And so we're like, man, let's follow up with him. And it's just, we would think walking down the street, oh, I shouldn't tell them. But we have the hope of the world. We have the gospel message. Who doesn't need to hear that message? There, there was automatically sort of a fear Oh no, I don't want to step into that because I'm gonna offend them. Instead, it was offensive to them that we didn't believe the message that we had enough. And that just lit a fire under me. We need to tell people about the gospel. We need to tell people about that message. You might be like, yeah, but it's already crowded in here. We can't fit more people in. Here. No, we can. Have you been to a concert? All right, we'll just take the chairs out. All right, we'll just fit everybody in here, right? We have plenty of egress to get out in case something happens, right? Would you be willing to come to church if you had to stand the whole time? Ooh, getting real, right? I mean, these chairs are comfortable; they're soft, Ah, right? Would you be able to be uncomfortable for the gospel, right? Such such a challenge to us as believers of Christ. Like we need to be more bold. People that we think would reject the message, they they need to hear the hope of life that's there. Are you ready for the Lord to bring revival in you? Are you ready for him to change you and say, hey, I want you. Your purpose is to do this. Your purpose is to do that. I've gifted you to do this. I haven't gifted you to do this, but it's still what I'm calling you to do. Right, this is what the God is all about, bringing about revival in us. So he gives us in these next few verses some ways to spark revival, some ways in our heart to be filled up with God. And here's what he says first. Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Whew. Do you feel the steadfast love of God? I mean, you know it, but do you feel it? Do you feel the love of what God has done for you on the cross? Do you feel that? And then he says, grant us your salvation. Do you recognize our need for God? I recognize my need for food all the time. Right, the stomach starts grumbling. Right, our kids were super nice. They cleaned out up the house for when we got home. They also cleaned out the fridge. There was nothing in it when we got home. Right, it was so nice of them to clean up. Right, Um, but when when you have that hunger, what do you do? You answer the call, don't you? Man, I'm hungry. Let me go get some food. Right? Do you have a hunger and a thirst for God? A hunger and thirst for his word, a hunger and thirst for righteousness. You have these sort of things in life that, man, I just haven't spent time with God. I I need that spiritual food. Let me find some time to worship, reflect, spend time alone, spend time in prayer. Do we feel that need for God? Then he says this in verse 8, let me hear what God the Lord will speak. Do we spend time in our prayer life listening? It's hard if your only prayer life is before food because you're going to pray and eat. But when we spend time in prayer, do we spend time listening to God? For he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, that when we speak to God, when we listen to God, he'll give us an internal peace. Can anybody use that? An internal peace. That whether you're walking through the slums in Lyconia, whether you're walking through um, the neighborhood of Plum Creek, that you just have a peace of God that overwhelms you. But let them not turn back to folly. If you want to have revival, you got to have some self-control. Don't turn back to folly. Have you thought about this? We turn to things that fall so far short of the glory of God, don't we? For comfort. Because because we just turn to it instead of turning to the Lord. I'm guilty of this as well. I I come home from a trip and I'm like, ooh, ice. I love ice. You don't realize how much you love ice until you go somewhere that doesn't have ice, they don't have refrigeration. You're drinking warm Coke Zeros, Uh, but you're so addicted to caffeine, you gotta drink them, right? You learn, like, but when you get back, do you just assimilate back into my normal pace of life? Or do we spend the time, purposeful time being on mission for him? That's a challenge for myself coming back from trips like this. Let's not return to our folly. Finding joy in silly and foolish things, right? This word folly is not a fun word. It's a word that well, you can look it up on your own. Okay, uh, verse 9. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. That if we truly want to have revival with the Lord, we have to understand the difference between the fear of the Lord and the fear of man. You see, the fear of the Lord brings about the glory of God in our life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the book of Proverbs says, verse one, or chapter 1, verse 7. The beginning of wisdom is this fear of the Lord. The fear of man, it brings about a snare. The fear of man is like stumbling blocks all around. Oh, I can't say that. People may not like that. And it creates a dance that we have to do. Why do we fear those who can't destroy the soul? Instead of honoring God, the one who gives us eternal life, but also the second death, let's honor him before we honor man. Are you willing to speak boldly even in the midst of people who may not like your message? So it's just in convicting with us that we need to have the fear of the Lord, that we trust the Lord more. And then he has this interesting sort of transition. Verse 9 says, Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in their land. And then he says, Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. So steadfast love and faithfulness are like, hi. All right. They get to meet. Well, what happens when you mix steadfast love and faithfulness together, you create a path to the Lord. You create a path and an opportunity for people to be able to experience the Lord. If you you do a word search on on these two words, steadfast love and faithfulness, you'll end up in Psalm 25. And in Psalm 25, you start seeing sort of God's idea of what he means for this. He said it, it creates a path for people to experience God. And then he says, righteousness and peace kiss each other. Righteousness and peace are like, hey, let's get a little closer, all right? We don't want to be acquaintances. Let's become friends. Let's get into a relationship together. What does righteousness and peace do? If you look up these words again, you go into Romans chapter 14, and you see this description. It talks about how the kingdom of God is not about eating food or drinking drink. But basically, the kingdom of God is about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you want to let the Lord reign in your life, you need to embrace righteousness and peace. Here's why. When you have righteousness, when you're acting the way God wants you to, and you have peace in your life, you, be, you begin to be above reproach. You, you don't have to hide for that lie you did, or you don't have to cover for that sin you're creating. You have just so, such freedom to let the Lord lead you and guide you wherever he wants you to go. Do you have righteousness and peace in your life? Those are two things that we can develop with the help of the Lord. It says, "Faithfulness springs up from the ground, and righteousness looks down from the sky." Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Right? God will bless us with this restoration physically, but righteousness will go before Him and make His footsteps a way. And we have this sort of glimpse now, this pointing ahead. To the Lord, this pointing ahead to Jesus, where He says, "Righteousness will go before Him." That when Jesus walked the earth, who could accuse Him of wrong? In fact, He even says that He looks at the Pharisees and goes, "Who can accuse Me of wrong? Tell Me what I've done wrong." Crickets? Anyone? Who, who can accuse? You? Righteousness went before Him to make His footsteps a way. That Jesus Christ became the way and the truth and the life for us. And so, I want to encourage you. Do you want revival? Do you want God to bring back life into you, to renew that excitement, right? Because if we can be a group of people on fire for the Lord, passionate about sharing the gospel with other people, our community will be different. The way you interact with your friends at school or your friends at work will be different. Do we want that? So I want to invite us just to spend a few minutes praying, praying to the Lord and asking him, Lord, what do you want us to pray for our community how do you want us, Lord, to begin to make a difference in the people around us through righteousness and peace, Lord, that will create space for Him to work and that will point people towards that way? And maybe during our prayer time, the Lord will bring someone to mind, right? Bring someone's name to mind that, I, you know, I need to share the gospel with this, this friend, this neighbor, this acquaintance, this, this person. Let's be bold to do it. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your word, for Psalm 85, and just the encouragement from these sons of Korah, Lord, who have been renewed in you. Lord, help us to find revival, that our heart and our mind and our soul will all be aligned to the way and the truth in life, which is Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'll give us a boldness to speak the gospel to the people that are around us, Lord, and I pray. Um, right now, Lord, if you'll bring people to mind for us that we need to share the gospel with, that we need to invite to church or to PATH group or to come to our house to have um, a discussion, or bring those people to our mind today. Give us the boldness and the faithfulness to speak to them about the gospel. And, Lord, as we as we close out our time together, Lord, help us as we reflect, Lord, and we recognize the sin in our life, and, Lord, we lay that at your feet to have revival. Lord, help us remember. Help us remember what you have done for us on the cross, that your blood was spilt and that your body was broken, Lord, to give us hope. So, Lord, we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.
4: Well, hello, church. We are blessed to be able to remember what Jesus has done for us uh, through the Lord's Supper. So at this time, I'd like to invite those who have placed their faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, then you can come up and grab of the elements. So the way that we like to do this is through... uh, Well, you've done it before probably, but this middle section here, if you could pick a side, especially if you're here, but go to the outer row, please, and then walk forward and then come through the two inner rows to go back to your seats, please. So that's these three right here in front. Now, if you're in a wedge, which is over here on the right, all of y'all, please go to the wall and then come forward and then go back to your seat through this middle section. And the same thing on this section, these two sections. Just all of y'all go to the wall, please, and then come through the middle section. So let's go ahead and stand up, and we'll try to do the best we can to grab those elements. of us who are waiting this is a recognize your holiness and blessed is your son Jesus Christ for your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people he healed the sick fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of His suffering, death, and resurrection, You gave birth to Your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, He promised to be with us always in the power of the Word and by His Holy Spirit. God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us, and we ask, God, that you would grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your Spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. So church, we have an opportunity to see what the outworking obedience of the Holy Spirit looks like and someone who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ. So join us right now as we celebrate Landon making that proclamation. Let's go.